2: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
0: You're invited to take your seat. Take a seat at the Warriors Roundtable. Left side, it's a three. In and out. Rebound. Out to Curry. Let's it fly. Three ball. Left corner pocket. Welcome to the table. On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. 95 7th a game. Curry fires away. Three ball. Above the bridge. Here's Kevin Dana and Gary St. Gee.
3: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and we welcome you to Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Kevin and alongside Gary St. Jean. I'm in the studio today, so I can read text on the Xfinity mobile text line, 888-957-9570. That's also the line you can hit us up at. We got Sterling Bennett behind the glass, and he will be screening calls for us tonight. Well, Gary, let's get into it. An interesting game last night. It didn't turn out positively for Golden State. They got blown out eventually 134-105 by the Phoenix Suns to drop to 2-2 and on the season. It was a lot closer than that until Klay Thompson got ejected. First career ejection, we'll get into that in a little bit. But let's start with the defense because it, it hasn't been good to start the season now. I don't have any doubt that the defense will significantly improve as we march further on into the regular season. But through four games, there have been... A a lot of negatives on that side of the ball.
4: Well, Kev, to be blunt, you're you're exactly right. And uh, you've got games uh, consecutively that you're giving up 70 points and a half. And uh, this team takes a lot of pride in its defense. Obviously, the accolades in the past have really been about the great offense, the shooting and the sharing of the ball, and so many guys contributing. If you really dig deep into this team, I think a constant and a big key to their winning is has been their defense over the years. And right now you're trying to incorporate a lot of new guys. You're trying to bring some older guys back from injuries and getting them up to speed. And uh, it's a situation where I don't think we should panic but uh you're not going to win NBA games playing like this. Now your first look might be at defensive uh transition. It's been a little problem, but last night it really wasn't a big big problem. Uh it was a more about uh stuff in the half court. Yeah. And when I look at it, I there's one guy that I know is playing both ends at the highest level, and that's Andrew Wiggins. Uh Looney is a very, very good team defender. I think Steph is much improved and he's so intelligent out there. And Clay's finding his way. They're not going to rush him. I mean, that, that's just the facts of life. He can get a little frustrated, but I read an article today where he's got it in perspective. Uh, you know, he knows that he's got a ways to go and it's, it's, it's only October. And uh, he said, hey, I, I want to be ready for the spring. So he's frustrated, but yet he's listening, and he's smart doing that. You know, Draymond has been good, uh, but now you get to your young guys, and you've brought in two guys that are new to the system, and Green and DiVincenzo, and the young guys, it's going to be a work in progress. So this is a long answer, but I think the key is these young guys getting comfortable with the defensive schemes, uh, understand the switches and, and knowing when they're not switching and the rotations and and if that all comes together this this team's going to be fine but right now you're like holy moly because you're getting rolled on the on the defensive end.
3: Yeah, you're you're right about the transition defense in general uh, last night being better they gave up just 11 fast break points but overall in the season if you, if you listen uh, to Damon Bruce and Ray Rattle. They had the interview with Steve Kerr earlier today, and Kerr mentioned that they are last in transition points yeah. allowed in, in the league thus far. So that is certainly a concern. And, and then TNT running the stat last night that, you know, through the first 13 quarters, they had given up nine 30-point quarters, and then they gave up two more 30-point quarters and a 29-point quarter in the final three quarters against the Phoenix Suns. So that is, what, 11 Thirty-point quarters through the first sixteen quarters of the season—that's certainly not going to get it done. And, and then, uh, the the other stat that Raymond Ritter gave to the TNT broadcast folks last night: first time in franchise history that they have given up seventy-point first halves in three straight games. So the numbers really not pretty to start the season.
4: Well, you know the the facts. Uh, the facts speak, and but I I'm confident this thing's going to come around. And, uh, you know, you've, you've had some off-the-court issues, you know, to deal with with the Draymond situation and how that's affected the team and infected uh, both the players. And uh, it, it's going to take uh, everybody, all the veterans, all the coaches stepping up here. And you know what, Kev, Miami tomorrow night, uh, you know, a long road trip going east. And sometimes when you go on a road, on the road, it helps. I know there's two sets of back to backs, but uh, sometimes just you know being together, spending a lot of time, uh, and and talking about it, you you can you can get your your ships uh, sailing smoothly. And uh, you know, with that said, there's a lot of pride on this team. And, and these vets don't like this. There's no doubt about it.
3: Yeah, you brought up the distraction, of course, in, in the preseason with the Draymond Green-Jordan Poole situation. And I'm curious from your perspective, Saint, with Draymond Green having been the best defensive player on this team for the last seven, eight, nine years running, how big of a loss was it when he was away from the team for a week during preseason, during training camp, when you're really trying to instill those defensive principles?
4: Well, it's huge. Uh, There's no doubt about it. Uh, When he's right and the defense is right, it's one of the very, very best in the league. And the key is that uh, his intelligence, he he sees things two counts quicker than the majority of players in the league. And when you're a forward, you're usually in the back line and allows you to rotate from weak to strong to help. Uh, he can really uh, do an exceptional job on the ball. We've seen him do that. And then his ability to switch is is, is outstanding. And I and when you talk about this, let's not forget, before the injuries, a lot of people in this league felt that Clay Thompson was one of the best perimeter defenders in the entire league. Uh, he could guard ones, twos, and threes and with the best of them. And uh, so to have him, uh, just rounding in form uh, into form and with a minutes restriction, that's big. So you know your two top defenders, uh, you know, just maybe not quite right, and and it shows.
3: Yeah, I, I want to touch on Clay Thompson in a little bit, but first we sent into the Xfinity Mobile text line from the five one zero. Ernesto D writes: As much as the team was frustrated, it's only the fourth game of the season. Referring to, to to last night's loss to Phoenix, how much of this is just getting their rhythm in and getting together again? That's what Ernesto asks.
4: Well, I, I think we've touched on it. That uh, and here is your thing, Kev. The NBA teams don't practice as much as they used to. Uh, you used to go hard in the old days. Yeah. You, you'd scrimmage a lot. And that's really not happening a lot. Now, uh, with that said, it, it you talk just doesn't get it done. Just watch and film. Uh, you got to get out there on the court and get repetition as to handling situations, whether it's pick and roll, whether it's uh, – you know, some splits off the post or elbow action, that kind of stuff. You, you've got concepts that you incorporate, and then you've got to do them. And and right now, you just see a lot of slippage. And uh, But I agree with Ernesto. It's only four games, and it's a long way to go. And And I'll share this with you. <laughs> it's a crazy start in the league. Teams that were supposed to be down. Look at Utah. Yep. Uh, they traded the ship away. They're 3-1. Yes. and
3: 3-1. and one.
4: Look at Portland. 4-0. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I'm a little bewildered by all, all that's going on right now in the league.
3: Yeah, no, it, it has been an interesting start to the season uh, for sure. I mean, just, just some of these results have, have certainly been interesting. I, I know the Clippers didn't have – Paul George acquired Leonard last night but but the Oklahoma City Thunder winning by 14 uh, against the Clippers last night kind of a, another eye opener as well. I do want to get to Clay Thompson a little bit before we break because he had the first ever uh, ejection of his career it came after jawing with uh, Devin Booker in the third quarter and while clay didn't have a, a good shooting night by any stretch of the imagination 1 for 8 for 2 points missed all 5 of his threes the one thing i was encouraged with was it really brought out the competitive fire in clay right like he was moving his feet he was sticking on devin booker there there was a good you know 2 or 3 minute stretch where he was all over Booker, he was in his pocket. He had that swipe away where he was able to strip the basketball from Devin Booker. And then obviously, he gets ejected and the game gets out of hand for Golden State. But I thought in that little stretch that we saw kind of prime defense clay come back.
4: Well, Kev, I, I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this, but Kev, uh, Chris Paul is one of the biggest talkers in the league. And it's constant, whether it's the refs, the opponents. And he's had a big impact on that team. And one of the guys he's really impacted is Booker. And he does a lot of talking out there. Now, he's tried to emulate Kobe Bryant. He's a heck of a quality young player. Uh, I liked after the game the comments that he had about Clay, the respect he had coming into the league. Clay Thompson was one of his favorite players, and uh, he's, he's tried to emulate a lot of his game. And uh, you, you saw a situation where maybe Booker had some stuff to say, and, and, and clay has got a big heart, and I think he got irritated, and uh, he was struggling a little bit, and Booker had it going, and he talked to him about having four rings, and he had none. And uh, it got heated, uh, but there's there's respect there, but that's that's what goes on in in, in a game, uh, the competitive nature, and uh, so I I'm like you, I liked it, and yeah. uh, but again, uh, Booker's a heck of a young player, and Clay's not quite right yet, and Clay's got a lot of pride, and I don't think he liked the message, and I liked his response.
3: Yeah. We will be getting to phone calls after the break. Luke and Lafayette, we see you on the line, but we are coming up on a break. So when we come back, we'll be taking your calls, reading your texts on the Xfinity mobile text line, talking more about this game against Phoenix and breaking down what's going on with the roster right here on 95.7 The Game.
2: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com
5: for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news...
0: just joined us don't worry we saved your seat sit down sit down sit down, sit down, sit down. at the warriors round table on 95 7th the game hurry behind the back wait stops it pops on the way ridiculous three on the white sideline now here's kevin dana and gary st Jean.
3: The Warriors humbled a little bit last night by the Phoenix Suns, 134-105. to 105. We are taking your calls, reading your texts on the Xfinity mobile text line. Hit us up, 888-957-9570. Kevin Dan alongside Gary St. Jean, And we throw it out to Lafayette where Luke is. Want to talk a little bit about this being just game for the season. Luke, what's going on?
6: Hey, guys. How are you doing today?
3: Doing well, thanks. How you doing, um, Luke?
6: Awesome. Uh, I just you know, there's a lot of things that have changed from last season that, you know, everybody's aware of, but one of them that I feel that hasn't been talked about enough is Mike Brown leaving. You know, that's a huge thing for the defensive side of the ball and then GP2. So our lockdown defender um, in GP2 and then the defensive head coach, you know, are gone. And while Draymond Green is probably still the best health defender, he's Nowhere, you know, he's not where he was in 2017 or 2018. And along with Clay Thompson, you know, I think he's lost a lot of his lateral movement from these two injuries. And, you know, it's just hard to get back in the swing of things when you don't have that same lateral movement. And uh, I think uh, Devin Booker just kind of got in his head last night and he wasn't able to get out of it.
4: Well, Kev, you must have played because you're batting 1,000 I agree with every single one of your points. Uh, Well said. And uh, Mike Brown is is special. Uh, I'm a big, big fan. As a matter of fact, I texted this past week with Doug Christie, uh, who I love, who's one of his assistants, former outstanding player. And I know they're off to a rough start up there. They had a great comeback against the Warriors the other night, but I hope he really does well up there. But You lose a guy like that, and and it's a a valid point. You've got an adjustment period, and uh, you're right about uh, both Green and Thompson. I I would agree with that. Obviously, they're not near where they were, uh, and hopefully uh, they're feeling well as the season goes on and and things come together, and you mentioned uh, GP2. My gosh, I fell in love with that guy last year. I really, really did, and... It's one of the great stories of the NBA. He was considering being a, a video guy for the Warriors because he thought the door was closing. And they gave him a chance. And he uh, got a great contract up there, and he's going to be set for life. You're thrilled for him. So you're right on all your points. And uh, But again, it's a new season. It's going to take time. Uh, I, I think Green and Vincenzo will do a good job. Those young guys, I'm a little concerned about them defensively. Uh, but, you know, they're, they've got a lot to learn. As long as their ears are open and they play hard, uh, they'll improve because of the coaching staff and the veterans that are on the team. And, you know, ha- not having Andre out there means something, too. Uh, so it, it's, uh, it's going to be a work in progress, but your points are very well taken.
3: Yeah, hey, Luke. Thanks for the call. Really great call there. Speaking of the young guys that you were mentioning, Gary, th- let's take this text from the six five O, who says, Camingo looks like a deer in headlights. Is there hope? Should he go to the G League?" Gary?
4: No, I don't. I don't think we're there yet. But uh, I, I this morning I was chatting with the guys on the early show, and and uh, here's the thing, guys. You can play hard. You you can be a heck of an athlete. The way the Warriors play on both ends of the floor, you have to to grow in terms of basketball IQ. And right now, I thought he was, for example, I thought in the preseason one game, Kev helped me. He had nine or ten assists. Yeah, That really showed me something that the game was slowing down for him and he could make good decisions. But you know what? He's getting his spot minutes here or there. They're not going to hand him minutes just because he's a heck of a prog uh, prospect, I believe he's still only 19 or 20. He, he
3: turned 20 like two weeks ago.
4: Okay. So w- with that said, um, you know, we've got to be a little bit patient. And they still believe in the young guy as long as, he, again, is he listening? Is he is he growing in in all aspects? And, uh, hey, he, we all know that's a tremendous athlete. And, Kev, I know we're going to expound on the other young guys. Yeah. Uh, But but that that's a good point. I I just give it
3: some time. Well, you know, who else wants to talk about the young Dougs as we throw it out to the uh, phone lines is Doug in Berkeley. Doug, what's going on?
1: Hey, guys. uh, Good evening. Thanks for taking my call. Great to to talk with you guys. And uh, great to hear Gary. I, I have a. I have a cautionary note to mention because I I agree with everything that's been said in the last five minutes, but it's um, it's tricky to mesh together the old guys and the new guys, and and we can see that already. It's tricky to replace the defense that we've lost, and uh, I with the Western Conference being as tough as it is, you know, just seeing how. Some teams that we didn't expect are getting off a really good start. Uh, I hope that Steve Kerr and company don't run into too much trouble meshing the old guys and the new guys and trying to still win because we are, we are potentially one player away from not making the NBA playoffs. And I know that sounds like a crazy statement, but if you look at last night and you look at how discombobulated we were at times, if Steph Curry gets injured or something happens to him, the the glue of the team falls apart. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Let's hope Curry can do it all and, and get us in shape by you know April. Thanks for taking my
4: call.
3: Doug, thanks for the call. Gary, your response?
4: You know, here, here's the deal. Uh, you're right about the Western Conference. Now, we, we can't get so hung up about, like, first place because they're going to be careful with these vets. And we saw last year that they didn't finish first in, in the West, yet they were able to get it done because of the experience and know that they can win on the road because they're playoff tested. Um, guys, we, we got to keep in mind, uh, we saw a Phoenix team last night. We've seen a Denver team. Uh, we're going to see a Memphis team. Uh the Clippers are terrific. The West, those are the top five teams. You add the Warriors in there. There isn't any doubt about it. Then you're going to have a battle between New Orleans and Dallas for six and seven in my mind. Um, So with that said, uh, I would answer your question this way. If I picked a top guy for each team and took them out of the equation, i.e. if Jokic went down in Denver, well, you can have a heck of a slide. So uh, your, your point's well taken, but, uh, you know, when you don't have your main guys, it's it's not as much like football. In basketball with only five guys out there, if a main guy goes down, you, you've got big issues. Uh, and, and about meshing the old and the young, um, I just think it's going to come together. And, and everybody's just a little bit uh, concerned. I understand that. But um, I, I think these young guys have character. I think they've got guys who want to be good. Uh, the guy, for example, that I think I'd say is a little bit ahead of the other guys coming off of last night's performance is Moody. Because the game is not too fast for him. He stays in his own gear. Uh, I like his, his ability to take you off the bounce. He's not you know, elite speed and quickness, but he understands angles. He understands timing. He can make a perimeter shot, and on defense, I I think he's active out there. We'll talk about more, uh, maybe about Kaminga, but you know we'll talk about Weissman and, and what needs to happen there. But in in the same sentence, Weissman, you know, looked good for a span last night with his offense. The key's for me, Kevin. You know, I've been saying this all along: is his rebounding. Yep. And and it's not there yet. Now, what is that all about? That's instincts. Under. Understanding where the ball's coming off the board and going attacking it. Be aggressive out there. I'm not much concerned about the offensive rebounds. I am the defensive rebounds. And uh, and then it's contesting or blocking shots. Those two things will keep him on the floor longer. My gosh, we know he can really run the floor. Wow. And, Kev, I'm going to say something to you. You know what my upside is with him?
3: What's your upside with him?
4: The guy we played against last night. Yeah. I I can see him potentially growing into a guy like Aton. And if that be the case, uh boy, you've got a great young player because this guy doesn't have any experience at all. And yet he's uh you know, he's finishing inside, he's got good hands, he's he's picking better, for example, understanding where the angles that, that are yeah. needed. So progress is being made there.
3: Yeah, no, it, it really is. That's one thing I, I've really enjoyed with, with James Wiseman, just seeing how fluid he can be on the offensive end. And, and if you throw out the 0-4 free throwing, which Kerr uh, you know, drew up to nerves in the season opener, he has looked pretty comfortable at the foul line. He had the face-up, Jay, albeit in garbage time last night against Phoenix to get the Warriors within 23 points. But I, I really liked what I've seen from him offensively, defensively. Yeah, that's where you see the things the, the rebounding hasn't been at necessarily the, the the clip that you would like to see going forward. James Wiseman has all the athleticism to be a double double kind of guy. He's obviously also not getting the minutes that he would necessarily need to to put up double double numbers. I mean, what last night, eighteen minutes? He's not probably going to get 10 rebounds, but he should get more than the three rebounds that he did. I mean, how, how long do you expect that to kind of develop for him, Gary, the the defensive rebounding and, and just also better positional defense? Because we do see him kind of jump out and bite on pump fakes.
4: You know what? Right now, it, 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 he's a quick twitch guy, and uh, he, he'll buy on an up fake. So so right now he's got to understand the, the opposition uh, tendencies of players, but this is all going to take time. You know he just has so little experience. Thank goodness he's they're trying to get him out there early to play with Steph, yeah, and Draymond and Clay. I, I think that's really going to help him. Uh, but again, those areas are going to take time. I think scoring is going to come easier than rebounding and quality interior defense. That That's just my uh, vision of all this. But uh, we, we've got to stay uh, optimistic and positive. But, you know, every one of our, our text people or callers, you, you guys are spot on. I, I respect that.
3: Yeah, and... To, to your point, Gary, last night, I believe Wiseman came in at like the 8.30, 8.35 mark of the first quarter, kind of earlier than he had been coming in for Kevon Looney just to kind of get those reps with the Stephen Curry and Draymond Green and company. Well, we, we got more callers. Let's send it out to West Oakland where Sam is hanging out. Sam, what's up?
7: Hey, what's up? Gary, hey, Gary, I love you so much, man. I love you so much. I love your energy. And I just really want the opinion. I think every- I think everything that's right now is trying to fine tune a role for everybody that's going to be on that 11 to 12 man roster right now. So, right now, it's like you're trying to find the right right chess pieces, if you want to talk about chess. You're trying to find the right rotation for who could come in for who. But in a perfect world, I really think that we have a, a early 2000 Calipari platoon system right now with the Warriors where everybody could come in for the next man up and do the exact same damage at the same squad. So I think you're right when you say it's early, because I think we're figuring out the right platoon system that the Warriors can have. Cause I think we're deeper than we, than we see. I see us looking really young right now, but that all matters because every, every one of those young guys, these early games matter to figure out who's, who could stand out within the next platoon and also playing within our four legends as well. So I love James Wiseman's minutes. I think I see a high-energy guy. I see a guy that is up and down the floor. He's working hard to try to get to his spots, and he's playing the dunker's position really well as well. So I want your opinion on that. St. Gene, I love you, brother.
4: Sam, I love you back. Hey, you know what? Uh, Sam makes a great point. Now, what is the dunker position? Uh, I want you to envision the paint. Let's say it's, uh, it's blue on the Warrior court. Go two steps on the baseline off of there. And what you're doing in that position is when a guard or a good forward breaks down from the top and makes dribble penetration, and the dunker's man, usually a big, leaves because the defense got broken down, leaves to help on the driver with the ball, you're in the dunker position. And when the offensive guy, your teammate, sees that big rotate over, then he's looking to to lob or give you a nice soft pass to catch and finish and dunk in there. And it's uh, it's it takes timing and rhythm. Right now, Sam, you're hitting on it with, with the rotations. I think Steve Kerr would be very open, and I think he has been. They don't know yet what the best rotation is. This is going to take some time. Uh, the Weissman example of subbing him early. And uh, when are you going to put Pool in? He usually comes in early, so it's it's kind of like they're feeling their way along here. And the young guys, there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, so it, it yeah, it, it's going to take some time. And and Sam's points are are spot on.
3: Yeah, Sam, thanks so much for the call. Really good stuff there. Looking at the text line, this is from the 9 5 So many times last season when people had no idea what the Warriors would do come playoff time, but lo and behold, they shine at their best time and won the championship. I think defense is an issue, but it's only game four. Losing Mike Brown is going to be really hard to recover from. You know, uh, definitely some good points there from the 9-2-5. Uh, we, we appreciate that. We, continuing along with the... Young guys, we have spent some time on James Wiseman, and you mentioned him earlier, and I want to get back to him, Gary, but the play of Moses Moody ha- has really I- impressed me these last couple of games. Even though, you know, game one, he only played, what, seven, eight minutes, and he was you know, the 11th man on that night against the the L.A. Lakers. But he's gotten more time since he was a, a big part of the rotation in the Phoenix game when it still mattered and he really delivered 13 points he had three blocks three rebounds he had that one cha- like kind of come from behind block uh last night I mean just his length and and his know-how at this early uh, stage in his career ha- has really been impressive and you know we could kind of see it at the end of last year Gary that that there's going to be something to this guy, and he's looking pretty good right now.
4: Well, Kev, you and I watched him in the summer league, and we both came away impressed. Yep. Um, some guys just have a feel for the game. You know, we, we talked about Kaminga and Weissman, their athleticism. Listen, Moody's not, not the athlete that those two guys are, but he may be further ahead in feel for the game. And I'm talking both ends of the floor. Uh, it's not too fast for him out there. And that's why he's earning minutes out there. He's he's not uh, running around like a chicken with his head cut off. He has purpose. And he, he understands the defensive team scheme. Uh, you know, in due time, he's, he's going to get better individual defense. But on the offensive end, you see he can knock down a three, and he'll take what's given. If, if you allow him an angle to drive, he can do that. Um I, I like him a lot. I, I, I've got a just a good feel about him right now.
3: Yeah, no, I, I do too. You, 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 there was that one drive that I think you were alluding to where he just took it right to the rim. Take what the defense gives you. That That's exactly what Moses does. One more point I want to make about last night's game, which I, I thought was kind of a misnomer that, that was said on the TNT broadcast, that it felt like an April game. I, I don't know about you, Gary, but I think an April game between the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors would have a, a lot fewer defensive breakdowns. I mean, th- defensive breakdowns were happening left and right, especially at the end of the second quarter and in the third quarter before Klay uh, before Thompson got ejected. And then, of course, the Warriors did proceed to give up 134 points but you mentioned earlier Gary about kind of the issues in the half court where there was that one bucket that made it 62 to 58 in the second quarter where I believe it was Steph and Jordan Poole just didn't communicate on what was supposed to be a switch and a Phoenix Sun whether it was Bridges or Payne I can't remember who just got a wide open dunk because that that communication wasn't there so it didn't feel like an April game to me it had playoff like intensity but it certainly didn't have playoff like execution
4: that's a great observation that you're spot on. Um, I loved everybody's intensity out there, Yeah. but you know what? The, the Warriors are going to be oh, so much better defensively as, as you go on. And, uh, you know, you, you bring out a great example with Poole and Curry. Now Steph really understands how to communicate out there and, and Jordan's a work in progress and, and everybody knows it. Boy, he came in the game last night offensively. Whew, man, he had it going. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, like I talked about teams going at Chris Paul, uh, Dallas beat them in the playoffs last year. Their whole game plan was to go at him. And it frust- frustrated the heck out of him. Well, it- it's tough in this league, and they're going to go at Jordan for a while. And he's, is, I think he's a quality young guy, and he's trying to learn. He's got this contract now. Go out there and, and just stay within yourself and – and play the role that that you can play for this team. And uh, it's going to get better defensively. Uh, And again, a lot of it, Kev, you have to understand when to switch and when not to switch. And that's really big. That's a big thing in the Warriors' defense. And then you got to understand pick and roll coverages, how you're handling the high pick or an elbow pick. Those are big things. And uh, if you have slippage there, it, it's going to be the, – the NBA, a good team like last night, they're going to take advantage of you. Yeah. And no. uh, So right now those are a little short of where they need to be, but I'm confident they're going to get there.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, again, just four games into the season, they had really bad defensive stretches at, at points last year that dropped them from having the number one defensive rating in the league down all the way to number two. So, yeah, just, just one spot. They were still elite defensively, but there were stretches last year where the, the defense w- was not up to where it needed to be. It's just, it's glaring right now because there are no other kind of better numbers to balance this out. We'll see if this is a problem in game 20, then kind of light the lamp, if you will. Quickly on Jordan Poole before... We we have to take another break, but I do like what I've seen from Jordan Poole, especially in the last couple of games after a slow start. He's taken better care of the basketball. Five assists to one turnover last night. He had four turnovers in, in his first couple of games, but he's finding his his rhythm offensively, which I, I don't think was ever really a concern, especially after just two games. But six of twelve last night, two of five from downtown. He's missed a couple of free throws this year, which is which is surprising. Steph missed two three free throws last night for the first. First time since February, which is even more surprising. But Jordan Poole turning the corner offensively, and that's good to see. Well, we got to take one more break here on Warriors Roundtable. When we come back, we're going to be talking shoot-arounds for a little bit, and we'll take a look ahead at the schedule. Also taking your texts and calls right here on 95.7 The Game.
2: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
0: Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean are holding court. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! At the Warriors Roundtable. You can't handle the truth! Curry, screened by Draymond Curry, gets free for three. He got it! On 95-7, the game.
3: Now back to Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Taking your texts until, you know, seven, eight minutes from now. That's all we got before uh, we send it away to the next show here on 95.7 The Game. I, I do want to read this text on the Xfinity Mobile text line. Kevin Anna, Gary St. Uh One thing, this is from the 510, one thing that worries me with DiVincenzo is, yeah, out is that backup point guard position if he ends up being out for a large part of the season i know quindary referring to quindary weatherspoon is more of a shooting guard but can he fill the point guard spot if they need someone uh i'll, I'll start w- with this one gary since i've had a chance to, to watch a good bit of quindary weatherspoon and i will start my comment by saying i absolutely love quindary weatherspoon Love watching him play. He was huge for the Santa Cruz Warriors last year, and who could forget the Christmas Day game? And I I think maybe this is one reason why people are thinking about Quindary Weatherspoon today is because, well, last Christmas at Phoenix, Quindary Weatherspoon was a big reason why the Warriors won that game. Played really solid defense, scored six points, and kind of helped kind of stem the tide in in certain situations. But this is where I say when it comes to two-way spots, it's not about who's the better player; it's about who's the better fit. And Steve Kerr made the decision that Ty Jerome is a better positional fit for this team, more of a, I, I more of a point guard kind of pure in the ball control kind of sense. Quindary Weatherspoon was a kind of a, a three assist, four assists per game average guy through three G League seasons. He he wasn't much of an assist guy uh, at Mississippi State, and and then you know Ty Jerome, they kind of want what he can bring more necessarily than than what Quinn is about. I'm not saying one way is better than the other. Uh, Quindary is a heck of a player. He is an NBA player. I will say that right now. I wholeheartedly believe he is one of the 450 best guys who who's in the NBA. Meaning he should be on a 15 man roster spot somewhere in the NBA. Uh, but Steve Kerr and staff made the decision that the positional fit would be better with Ty Jerome rather than Quindary Weatherspoon.
4: Well, nobody knows the G League better than Kevin Dana. I I love your breakdown. And uh, that's the beauty uh, of this team only being, uh, what, an hour away. Uh, And there's real tight unity amongst the Warriors in the Bay Area and down there in Santa Cruz. And uh, the same systems are run. Uh, coaches are, are taught to, to run the same kind of stuff. They teach the same kind of stuff, player development. So, uh, and Steve's not afraid to play these kind of guys. I, I like that. And uh, so, you know, you just got to be ready. And in, ter- in terms of Dante, um, I, I like this guy a lot. I think he's a great pickup. And he's got a hamstring issue. Hopefully he's going to be okay. But he's got a great feel, and He fits into this style of play.
3: Also uh, from the Xfinity Mobile text line, uh, just mentioned this quickly. The the hot tank cannon coming out from the four one five start Moody over Clay. Light a fi- uh, fire under Clay coming off the bench. I'm saying uh, no. Continue to start Clay. Uh, I I, I still think he has a a very good season in front of him. I I do want to spend some time on this before we hand it over to Chuck Walter and Alan Stiles from 7 to 10 p.m. Steve Kerr last week mentioned that the team will probably cut back on shoot-arounds this year. They didn't shoot around through the first couple of games. And this is a topic that interests me as a former manager and just kind of how you manage a team. Because I I know kind of back in the day, Gary, that that, that shoot-arounds were – I mean, it was expected that, you know, you're not unless you're traveling in day of game, you're going to be shooting around. Um, and I, I know some some teams, they uh, like Tim Floyd, when he was at USC, I was a manager at Stanford, like he would run his guys into the ground for two hours hollering yelling they're they're sprinting everywhere and stuff and, and not all shoot arounds are like that but i'm I just curious to get your take on on this what what golden state is doing with shoot rounds this year potentially going forward gary and not having nearly as many of them
4: that that's not to say that they might not have on the road have a bus that takes the young guys over there and do yeah. some player development stuff and maybe have a a, a you know, shortened walkthrough for them on on the game plan. Uh, Listen, I'm getting up there.
3: Do you remember Bill Sharman? I know the name. I couldn't tell you a whole lot about him, unfortunately. Great player
4: with Bill Russell and Bob Cousy with the Celtics. He went to USC and could have played. might have had a cup of coffee in Major League Baseball, but he was a great, great shooter. He went on to coach the Lakers, and he had Wilt. Well, Wilt was kind of strong-wilt, and uh, he basically said to Bill Shireman, you can have me once a day. <laughs> I remember You this. can have me for the game, or you can have me for the shoot-around. That's a great quote. But he's the first guy to start the shoot and that was in the 60s. And uh, fast forward to my days when I started in the 70s, everybody did them, and, and they were big. Now, if you're on the road, one of the simple reasons why coaches did them they, the guys would sleep till 1, 2 o'clock. Uh, they'd be out till late, and, and, you know, guys wanted to get them up and moving. And, uh, and then, you know, you, you get into the X's and O's, and a, a lot can be absorbed in a shoot-around. Uh, you know, you, you really break it down, the individual strengths, weaknesses, and then you get into the favorite plays and all that kind of thing. I, I think it has a lot of merit, but I completely understand what Steve's saying. Uh, and this is going to depend on coaches within the league. Uh, they're, I would say they're diminishing uh, because coaches right now are listening to the trainers, to the nutritionists, to the uh, player development people, strength and conditioning. So another thing they're concerned about, quality of sleep. So there's a lot of games where you'd fly after the game in the old days, they don't want them getting in at 3 in the morning. Yeah. They'd rather sleep over and fly out the next day and probably be no practice or no shoot-around.
3: Yep, yep, No, that's that's a good point. Well, we, we are running out of time here on Warriors Roundtable on 95.7 The Game. Up after us, Chuck Walter and Alan Stiles. They got you covered from 7 to 10 p.m. Thanks for tuning in to Warriors Roundtable, folks. Have a good evening and keep it locked here on 95.7 The Game
0: you've been listening to the warriors roundtable curry brings it through one hand three up and good on the exclusive home of your golden state warriors that playful and nailed it 95 7 the game for tickets call 888 gsw hoop
2: you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new
5: hyundai santa fe